It's like in this life, yeah, how would you like to live and die? Would you like to take more than you've given or would you like to give more than you've taken? Yeah. And me, I choose to give more than I've taken. Yeah. Welcome. I'm Nicole Bosky, and you're listening to the Primal Gathering Podcast. Primal Gathering is a global regenerative gathering model that promotes the restoration of people, forests, and ecosystems simultaneously and holistically through events. During each episode of this podcast, we will showcase the people spearheading regenerative change through their projects, businesses, and or communities, exploring why they do what they do and the joys and tribulations that arise from building alternative systems with integrity rooted in their values. I had an incredibly heartwarming conversation with a very energetic, inspiring, and captivating James Hughes, the founder of Gone West, a tree planting company that has planted more than 5 million trees in the last eight years while employing more than 200 unemployed youths and formerly incarcerated people to do their tree planting since its founding. We spoke whilst James was walking the El Camino de Santiago, a 500-mile walk through four of Spain's 15 regions. It begins as a rather informal conversation about the challenges of balancing between one's own life and labor of love. We speak about the upcoming generation and the quaking change that we feel is among us how we can incentivize people away from planting monocultures by creating financial incentives that just make sense, and why fighting for what you believe in and standing in integrity will eventually bring you freedom. I am so excited to share this conversation with you. It was such a pleasure to record it. And as a consequence of this conversation, Gone West is now involved in the primal reforestation gathering happening this November 12th. Enjoy and see you on the other side. Hi, how are you? I'm not bad, Nicole. I'm actually walking the Camino at the moment. Uh... Um, and yesterday I slept on a park bench. So, and I just got to the town and is I'm doing the Camino, I'm working. Uh, and yeah, it's interesting. So you'll probably get the best of me today. I'm full, full up. Full, uh, unfiltered. Amazing! Wow, what brought, what inspired you to do the Camino? Uh, I just need to sort my head out, Nicole. Basically, like basically, I've um, how to describe it? Okay, first thing is I started doing the Camino because I need to get my health back in shape. Because when you're just uh, on the phone and on the laptop selling speaking hello how are you then you've become out of shape i think okay so i always worked on the tools for many many years you know um since like since i was a teenager you know and basically now to to be like running the company and not doing any exercise it definitely gets to you I think and that's one of the reasons. And the second reason is to clear my mind and understand who am I? Mm -hmm. Who is James? Mm -hmm. So 
not forget this whole, oh, I'm James. I'm the director of Gone West. I'm like the guy. I'm playing the big games. Guess what? We planted one and a half million trees this year. Mm. So to to recalibrate, recenter, remember who I am, James. Not James, director of Gone West. Who am I, James? But again, because I've gone west, always, I'm always late for my own life, right? Mm. So it's always gone west and then my life, mm. okay? Mm. And what I'm trying to do is understand how to manage my own life and look after gone west. And the most important way that I think that is, is to let go a little bit. Mm. So... But when I do that, everything goes wrong, Nicole. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, but basically, it's, they, the guys would, the guys will hear this, right? So, respect to all the guys, and mostly that doesn't, it doesn't go wrong, you know. No, but I, but I, I, t- I totally, I totally hear you, and I, I know that like the the challenge of you know you've created something it's like your baby it's your child in some way right and and, and not necessarily exactly your child but it's something that birthed through you and so there's so much like priority that you put on it that you forget yourself in in the sense of needing to managing it and being attached to what it kind of grows up and, and and becomes eventually and I think we often forget that right like we get so wrapped up in what we're doing that sometimes we lose ourselves in it and so important to like wait a second who am I when I am not the things that I'm doing you know what what actually matters to me what do I personally need and and what do I necessarily want it's like when we I was speaking to a friend the other day and he was telling me he's been like turning down the volume in his life and just going a little bit slower so he can hear the undercurrents of what's actually happening and what's actually kind of subconsciously running the show. And it's, you know, it's for him, he, the way that he described it is that it's a much longer process than he would have potentially liked it to be, but it's so helpful. And he's like learning so much through it about himself. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's great. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Like for me, I worked so hard for so many years. Right. And this is a big thing for me to be doing this and not to be working. And basically it's very, very interesting. And it definitely does. Whilst I'm walking on the trail is I I think this should be in the podcast because I think it's good for everyone to, to realize it's like, Whilst I'm walking on the trail, I'm just like sometimes giggling, you know, about some things that have happened. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, and then other times I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You know, that was too strong. I need to send an apology to that person, Mm. you know, Mm. or there's many, many, many sort of sides, right, to face. So it's like just facing all those things. Mm. That's what I'm doing. And I think it's good for everyone. Literally, I don't know. I started like two weeks ago and I feel like already so much better, you know. Mm. I'm the slowest guy on the Camino. No question. (laughs) But whatever, I don't care. It's not a competition, eh? So, Mm. So you just compete against ourselves, right? 
yeah. and no one else in life, I think. So this is a competition against myself. Mm. So here we are. We're still flying, though. We're still killing it, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can tell. I've been watching uh, Gone West for, for a while, um, I must admit. Because we, we, have, we have our own gathering called Primal Gathering, which is a regenerative gathering where we bring people together to learn tools to regenerate themselves, their relationships through communication practices, and then regenerate the land, which reforestation is one of the gatherings we do. We also do it on like natural building and like food planting, essentially. So like a holistic gathering where people can like focus on all different elements. And yeah, Gonoas has been quite um, an inspiration. And I've seen like every time I go to your website, it looks completely different to the way that I would have found it like a few months prior so I could see that it's like constantly evolving which is which is really really beautiful you must be very proud yeah it's always evolving I had a little look at the primal gathering just uh, maybe a few days ago I think it's great I think it's absolutely awesome I'd like to come myself please yeah please please come okay so do you mind if I ask you like a few questions I'm really curious about like, you know, your, your childhood and, you know, whether you would be able to kind of define uh, or describe potentially what I would imagine is kind of like a spiritual background of some sort, given kind of your devotion and commitment to the environment. Like when did this connection with the earth and trees begin for you? Well, to be honest, the way that it really began, okay was when I started traveling the world a little bit, or let's say the first time that I ever went traveling, I got the train from Liverpool. That's where I'm from, Liverpool, right? Mm. And I got the train to Wales and I was like, whoa. And I got a postcard from the place in Wales that I went to. And I went back to my house in Liverpool and I showed my mum, and I was like, hey mom, look, look where I've been. I've been to Wales and then I showed her the, um, the postcard and that was it then. Okay. And then basically when I was like 20 and this is a thing, we were in an art school with Stanford university and I'm not sure if it was 20 or 21. Right. Okay. So it's one of those two dates. And in the article, it says, I think that I was 20. And now looking back, I'm not sure if I'd just turned 20s. I got offered a job on a tree planting squad. Okay. And then that was the moment I was like, is this a job? Is that a job, mate? I'm going to do that. So, so basically then I got the job on the tree planting squad and that was it then, Nicole. I was like, why would I do another job than that? Really? Can you yeah, like, I was like expand on that? What do you what, what what did you feel when you did it? Well, I did like a week, yeah. And like I'm quite shy guy, right? So basically, in the first week, I was very, very shy, okay. And I was around <laughs> all of these tree planting guys. This was in Canada, by the way. Think experts, wilderness people. And then you've got like this little city guy like me there. <laughs> and they're like, James, go and chop some wood. I'm like, mm, mm, I'm not sure how to do that, but I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to tell anyone that I don't know how to do it. Right. <laughs> so, so then I'm over there in the corner like that. Okay. 
this is how to do it. Okay. So basically then, <clears throat> you know, and that was it. So I did that. And I remember, I distinctly remember asking my foreman in Canada. His name was Ted Wheeler, absolute legend. Basically, I said to him, Ted, can you do this job like in all around the world? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. He was like, where, where can you, I was like, where can you do it? And he's like, well, some of my planters go to Scotland. And I was like, well, I'm from the UK. Great. That's it. As soon as I get back to the UK, I'm going to start working in Scotland. So it was just like an amazing moment. And I say to Ted, I speak to Ted on email and I say to him once I've said this to him, he gave me the key to the door that I opened, right? Mm -hmm. He gave me that key, right? So basically he showed me how to plant trees. He showed me about the industry and he also showed me how to be an honorable person. Mm. So basically, you know, so it's very different. Okay. Like you ask me like about my childhood and stuff like that. Like I grew up in the city. I'm a scouser. We're quite honorable people, but it's definitely sometimes a little bit rogue. Right. Mm. So then you, it's a little bit different. It's very different. Okay. The kind of countryside life as opposed to the city life. Mm. I don't know. Are you from the city, Nicole, or the countryside? Yeah, I mean, I was born and raised in in London, so I resonate with the oh, chopping wood. I have no idea how to do it. Like when I was just like beginning with the kind of getting out in the land in, in in Portugal quite some years ago, and like really immersing myself in Brazil and different kind of settlements and community projects. When I started, I was like, what is this? Wow, it feels so good and earthy and almost natural as well yeah exactly and it, it's just like okay that's it now i know <laughs> and then what i did was then i worked as a tree planter right just finally on that thing okay so i've always been selling stuff right all mm. my life since i was like maybe 13 mm. and basically i used the skills that i had regarding selling things yeah to move into and now i sell trees okay mm. and good vibes good energy and helping people mm. so basically i just used the things what i learned in the city now in the nature and that's where we are today mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and when did you come to know that that was like your mission you know what what made it so important to you to like pick trees and you know empower that and launch that and make it to you know what gone west is today mm, well first of all okay it was a job right it's just a job and it was a better paid job than i could get like for example at home mm. so it's like a good way of making a better living for myself and then as i got a bit older and I look back on my life and stuff like that, I realized, okay, look, think about the, the, think about the opportunities that you've created by doing this. How, imagine if you could give that opportunity for, to other people. Mm. So then basically that's when Gone West really, that was really the catalyst, yeah. It's like, <clears throat> it's like okay 
wow. And then I always say this, like, for example, we worked with the Prince's Trust last year. Mm. And I just say, like, it's like a mirror. Yeah. It's like a mirror of myself, of my own existence. And I like to give that to other people. Mm. Because the only reason I'm on the phone to you today, Nicole, is because the chance was given to me to start planting trees, right? Mm. That's basically it. You have to keep asking me questions, otherwise I lose the train. I'm a little bit like jumpy. Yeah. No, no, it's it's wonderful. <laughs> and I'm like like hearing you hearing you say that, I'm I'm curious whether you could share a little bit more about kind of the importance of trees. Like why should we be planting trees? What is kind of the benefit? to to the environment in in the way okay so perfect so with the trees right there's four key benefits okay and we use the four returns model which was created by common land okay so the first one is the environmental benefit okay mm. that is often what people think of first like you just said okay and that basically helps to increase biodiversity, encourage uh, better what place for wildlife to enjoy, better place for all the Earth's natural resources to breathe and feel better. It improves the ecosystem, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm definitely not a scientist, right? You can probably tell. So basically then the second one is so you got environmental second one social okay let's use an example do you like walking in the park nicole of course i love it exactly so there you are and basically there's trees in the park right Mm -hmm. so basically it's very good place to be together and socialize and especially if you see like for example in the lockdown you can clearly see, okay, how much benefit it's given to people to be able to go to their local park or to be able to go to nature nearby mm-hmm. and escape from the four walls that you talked about earlier. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the park is complete was the was the so the most social and busy space during covid it was like it was like packed you know exactly it was rammed rammed exactly yeah so that's the second one okay so we've got environmental social then we got financial okay so basically there's so many benefits financially for the people that it starts like this okay it's like this first of all we have to buy the tree from the nursery so that benefits the nursery second of all we have to pay for the tree to be planted so that benefits the planter and creates work okay so the tree is planted then we need to maintain the trees for three to five years until the trees are away and they do their own thing right Mm -hmm. so that's paid work for the planters then you've got the rewards from the trees so for example in portugal we plant a lot of madronia trees yeah. And a strawberry tree. And basically that produces aguardente. Okay. It's a little bit cheeky and probably it's not good for the podcast. I don't know if this is kids or whatever, but basically this is a form of alcohol. 
Mm. You might have had it before in Portugal. Have you ever had it before? Fire yeah, water? The, li- the little shots. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This one. So, exactly. So, basically, this is just an example. Okay. So, it produces yield right from the tree. Okay. Without chopping it down. I wanted to give you an example without chopping it down. Okay. And then the fourth one is inspirational. Mm. Have you ever sat underneath a tree and felt inspired? Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. And that's that's the fourth one, okay? Mm. So basically, when you're walking through, when you're walking through a forest or a park surrounded by trees, sometimes some great thoughts can come to you. And I believe truly that actually you can feel more empowered than by walking through a forest and inspired is the is the correct word balls watching a tv screen okay yeah. so that to me is the benefit of the trees yeah yeah i hear you and uh, like taking those like four like moving through those kind of four pillars that you've shared you know around let's say the environmental impact you know i'm curious like what your thoughts are about kind of like the contrasting opinions around tree planting so on one hand there's you know a popular popularized study where you know tree planting is alleged to be one of the most effective kind of carbon drawdown solutions to date for the climate crisis so encouraging people to be planting trees you know worldwide and globally and then on the other side you know, we have different contrasting opinions that say that, you know, global tree restoration is our most effective climate solution is simply incorrect, scientifically and dangerously misleading. And that actually we should be investing in, let's say, renewable kind of technologies and kind of fixing things that are happening on a policy level in order to reduce atmospheric greenhouse gases that are set, you know, the agenda for the UN. So I'm, I'm curious whether you have like um, an opinion on that and where you sit uh, w- within that kind of uh, argument for how we can move forwards and do what, where should we focus our energies in terms of trying to co- combat the climate crisis that's coming. Our no way. comment, no comment, Nicole. No, I'm joking. Okay, <laughs> so basically the point is like this, and this is what we say in Gone West a lot. Okay, tree planting is the last port of call, guys. Okay, Mm. if you're trying to remove carbon or do something like this, it's the last port of call. If you have to do tree planting, you're doing it wrong. Okay, Mm. but this is for carbon. Okay, so you're talking about uh, this carbon thing. Okay, however, it's good to take away carbon from the atmosphere. It's all well and good changing the policies, but what about the historic? outputs mm-hmm. okay so basically those historic outputs need to be uh sort of mitigated they need to be taken away and one of the ways that you can do that is by planting trees and this takes away carbon directly okay it's direct carbon capture it's not the same as like sponsoring a renewable energy project mm. Okay, this is simply, all this is doing is moving one to another, okay? It's like one, oh, I've created carbon. Oh, I'm going to sponsor another renewable project so that actually I've helped to reduce carbon. It's like, what about your carbon you actually made 
Okay, because your carbon's still there. So basically, this is a way to directly mitigate the carbon effects. Okay, and not only that, okay, that's one thing. Plant trees, which is good. It's good for people. Think about it. We just talked about all those amazing things about the park. You're sitting mm. under a tree. You're inspired. All these things. It's just good. Okay. And so definitely, though, I would say there is something about this. It's like people think it's not just like, oh, I'll plant some trees. That's it. I'm done now. I haven't done anything. That's it. You know? Yeah, it's just not true that, and if you, we don't just don't allow that in Gone West, mm. so basically we only work with businesses that we feel are trying to make a positive impact on this world. We do not work with people who are simply calling up saying, uh, "I want to plant some trees so that I can look good." Yeah, greenwashing. We just say no. Yeah, greenwashing. Yeah, we just say no. Yeah, it's just like there's just no need because we. The whole thing that we do is we elevate people's brands, products, and services, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we do, okay? We don't just, like, plant some trees, put your little certificate in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> it's like we're going to push your brands because you're good, mm. because you're a good brand and you're doing good things mm. and you have good intentions. So we're going to help you, okay? And that's the end of it, you know? So, so, so you don't necessarily believe that planting trees alone will save us from the climate crisis, but you do feel that it's, from what I'm hearing, that it's something that we should be doing regardless. It's good for the world, it's good for the environment, and it's just good for our, our souls, you know, to, to, to essentially sit underneath the trees and let them kind of hold us as well, if I'm understanding. Absolutely, you. absolutely. And then look, look at this, okay. If you look at a map of the world before the humans arrived or in the early ages, okay, the, the, the land was covered in trees. So there's got to be a reason why. I'm like, again, I'm not a scientist, but there was trees there before. We chopped them all down and made buildings, which mm. created loads of carbon, yeah? yeah, and environmental destruction, destruction of water tables, et cetera, et cetera. So basically, has to be that the trees are good surely mm. it's just like the amazon is disappearing and before it disappeared there was amazing wilderness yeah and so i don't know it's to me even if you just don't look at carbon don't look at anything it's like in this life yeah how would you like to live and die would you like to take more than you've given or would you like to give more than you've taken? Yeah. And me, I choose to give more than I've taken. Yeah. Okay. And I firmly believe that, you know, that's a better way. I, if, if I love my life, I love this life. I'm so thankful of my existence. But I, I definitely want to give more than I've taken. Mm. Okay. And I think, if, imagine if everybody in the world gave more than they've taken. We'd be living then in a very different world. We'd be living in a very different world, right? And it's so easy to do, okay? It's yeah. so easy to do. Simple. Like, so 
I think I'll just leave that there and let you talk. Otherwise, it becomes like no, a monologue. No, no, I, I absolutely love what you're sharing. Just as you said that, you know, there's, I'm sure you're familiar with Tony Robbins, right? He says like the secret to life is giving. And at least personally, I believe that the environmental world and the crisis that we're in is essentially a reflection of our inner world, right? Because if we're, if we attend to our personal needs, and when I say personal needs, I mean, you know, being radically honest with ourselves, learning to be compassionate with ourselves, building integrity with ourselves, you know, establishing commitments and are consistent with our commitments, building a self-discipline, then we can self-initiate from a spaciousness where we filled our own cups up and we have something to give. And then we can give from a place of service, not from a place of lack, which is like validation or attention or anything like that. Or just like, as you mentioned, this kind of taking and taking and taking and not giving back. Um, I think these are character uh, virtues that we need to learn to embody. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier about primal gathering, that's kind of like our philosophy is that, you know, to, to be human is to practice being human. And we have to practice embodying the values in which we want for ourselves and, and the world. But in order to give, like the way that you shared, really to, to share from a place of fullness, we have to first learn how to attend to yeah our, our, our ourselves in a way but not in a in a selfish way let me like let me clarify in the sense that because we live in a world that attacks our sense of like safety and security in in many different elements we we naturally in, in one way are predisposed to becoming self-absorbed and our self-absorbed nature um, is what essentially leads to our, our lack of care and thoughtfulness for our relationships and the environmental world. This is just like, this is a personal opinion. And this, you know, this is my empiricist philosophy over the years, just watching and also like living in different kind of intentional communities. I've noticed that, you know, the act of service comes more naturally once one uh, person first fulfills um, and fills their own cups. Does that make sense? Sure. If I go down into the local area and say, what's happening, boys? Uh, we're on this podcast. Uh, Nicole's going to speak about uh, embodying ourselves and that. They'll be like, ah, I'm all right, mate. <laughs> Uh, uh, they'll be like I'm all right mate uh, I've got I'm going out now see you later yeah. or I've got to go to work or I'm watching the football or something like that yeah, you know exactly so so this to me is the hardest one is the more okay so it's like like because even I'm in Spain now you know if you if you say to like the farmer in Spain okay about this kind of what we're talking about, this will be lost with him, you know. Mm -hmm. That that's my main that's my main concern. Mm -hmm. Well, I, this, I, this is my main concern, Nicole, about all of this. And I think a, a way for to combat that is leadership, and I think leadership comes through. In being an embodied um, action taker. So if you can't share it, let's say vocally, or you can't teach it, right? It, you you inspire by 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 leading your yourself and taking the necessary actions and being of service. You know, it's like if you have the call to be of service and you 
consistently act on that call to be of service naturally people are inspired naturally it moves something in another person you know everyone remembers someone who supported them and, and helped them out in a, in a time of need you know like we we are inspired by that generosity we want to you know see see it in others and and be be around it so when you meet people who really embody that sense of service to something other than you know, themselves in their relationships and into the environmental landscape, or, you know, someone is sick at home. There's so many different contexts for it. But I think that's the, you know, that's how we can motivate and inspire each other to to change by being the change, essentially, as Muhammad Gandhi said, not to, you know, pa paraphrase something that's been shared so many times to kind of be that change that we wish to see in, in the world. I fucking hope so. <laughs> I hope so, Nicole. Mm. Truly. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> that's that's all really, you know. So I, I agree with that, you know. And I think, you know, I ask a lot of the planters, what's their dream? I make a point, you know, to ask like everyone in the company, what's your dream? And I asked one of the young guys, what was his dream? He's 18, this guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, he told me his dream is to be an inspirational person. Mm. So cute, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, I was like, you're young, you're young. Okay, but it's good. It's good, right? And it, if everyone did that, it'd be good. But we're so, we're so, uh, we're so, uh, like, confined with these ideas of consumerism and these needs mm. and all this, then it goes away. But I thought that was great, so I wanted to share that. I won't say the guy's name because, <laughs> you know, he, he'll be listening to this, so he'll know. But basically, um, I thought it was really good, you know. Yeah, yeah, it is beautiful. And I think, like, hearing that, it's like, and I think that actually the upcoming generation is, is, is like my, my siblings are like 10 and 15 years younger than me, 10, 11 years and 15 years younger than me. And they're growing up in a world where they don't really, all the kind of constructs and structures, you know, of like the university and this, that, and the other, it, it's, it's, everything's quaking at, at the bottom, you know, there's no certainty of what the world will be like. And I think there's a call so like a real call for um, transparency and accountability and responsibility in, in the world that we are in. I mean, obviously this is me being kind of like idealistic and super positive on one end, but it's, it's something to, to say, like, I think the younger generations are fighting for a different, a different world. So if we, if we continue to do so and continue to take that accountability and lead by example, um, you know, I believe that there could be a more positive uh, future and, and outcome as, as a consequence of it. I agree with that completely, Nicole, right? I, I agree. I think there's a huge change, okay? Like, if you go, for example, to a work site, yeah, and you see, like, the old lads, yeah, and they're smoking and they're just, like, reading the newspaper, et cetera, et cetera, and then you see the younger guys, they're much more awake to the, to the problems in the world. Mm -hmm. And I do definitely think that, and that's not ripping to the old guys, right? 
it's just like kind of the the knowledge that's given now is much more sort of current you know mm-hmm. because of the way that we have get the information there's so many ways to get information now mm-hmm. that I do feel very hopeful I definitely do agree with that and I do feel very hopeful and I respect greatly the 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 generation the the upcoming generation and I think they've got it in the right place you know and that's thanks to like people like Greta you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah she's she's kind of phenomenal she's kind of amazing <laughs> yeah. she's kind of amazing <laughs> yeah she really really is and and taking that like hearing that and like the kind of the positivity of all like what we could do and like where we're possibly going you know I know that you're familiar with with Portugal and of, of course like the forest fires that ravaged much of the country in like 2017 um, and you probably are aware, I'm, I'm assuming that they were like exacerbated by, you know, like the eucalyptus monocultures, which are flammable in nature and also highlight like this big ethical it- issue in the country where like a monoculture of a tree is a big source of revenue for the country. And, you know, Portugal is like the biggest exporter of eucalyptus pulp possibly in the world. Um, you know, what, what can we do? <laughs> as citizens when like our governments are politically motivated to plant monocultures or continue to subsidize farmers to produce you know certain and specific pesticide ridden crops like what do you have any like advice on yeah yeah absolutely do? this is the biggest this is one of the battles yeah for sure okay so but, but from my experience okay i've done quite a lot of monoculture work right myself mm. So I've seen it. I'm the devil. Oh my God. Okay. But basically I've done that. Yeah. Because it's like how it's about changing attitudes and behavior. Right. So for example, we, we speak to some of the pulp companies and it, what we do is we don't say, Oh, you are the devil. You are the devil. Keep going. It's like, they're not the devil. They've got families. They're trying to make a living. Mm. Right. That's my point of view. Yeah. Okay. This is now, this is James's point of view now, this one. Yeah. Not gone west. This is just James. Okay. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> it's what we do though, right? It's like, we need to work together to find a solution. So an easy solution is just diversify the planting, right? Mm-hmm. Diversify a little bit. Make mixed woodlands that still produce timber. They're still good. They still produce pulp, but they're not as detrimental to the environment. Okay, because mm-hmm. the way that it's done, the monoculture is because it's very fast. Okay, it's fast money, but every single time that you clear fell it, the land gets worse. Yeah, exactly. So basically, if we do like forestry systems, so such such as continuous cover forestry, then we can get away from that and we no longer do clear fells right Mm -hmm. and then it becomes a much more of a sustainable system for generations to come because saying oh we don't need we need paper right we need it okay so we have to find a solution to produce that Mm -hmm. in a better way and some countries do it better portugal is the worst example yeah for sure 
because they just seem to have no regard for it, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, we're in some quite serious talks with some of the producers, and we're doing like a case study at the moment this year about showing a different type of commercial woodland. And I believe that when the people see how this commercial woodland works and they understand that the process is exactly the same, because one of the things that they talk about is the process is longer and so it'll cost more. It's like, it's not longer. It's not. You just need to educate the workforce on how to do it. Yeah. So basically, it's a simple... I'll, me, I do not rely on the government, okay? Yeah. Okay, I go more for private people because I just feel it's much quicker. Yeah. And the, the answer is easily found because in the end, it comes down to the bottom line and the finances, right? Yeah. So if you can find a way that you get the same yield or close financially in a better system, then you can make a big change, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. So basically, monocultures are bad, guys. Bad, 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 right? Simple. Yeah, yeah. There is no... You'll never see a, na- a natural forest in monoculture ever. Like, the Amazon's not monoculture, and there's a reason why. <laughs> it just doesn't grow properly, you know? And it just is... It's just all wow it's it's extreme you know and for example you have to put your foot down okay so for example we do not do any work with pesticides zero okay and there's been Mm -hmm. times when being offered like so much work with the pesticides uh, trees etc etc and have to say no yeah and in the past you know we have no money and we have still have to say no Mm. it's like wow okay but you've just got to put your foot down and it will come back and you know we put our foot down and it was very hard at first and we had like hardly any work and then it like swung around to the fact that we just get given all the work that doesn't have pesticides and then they give it to someone else that will take the pesticides yeah yeah yeah. so it's kind of then it's like okay for us right but it's still, they still find people that will do it because everyone needs money to eat. Yeah, of course, of course. And that, especially so, farmers, if their livelihoods are dependent on those, you know, those crops, the, the idea of switching methods when their family is dependent on them, you know, to, to, to be fed or for an income is just too high of a cost, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's like the subsidies, okay? Like yeah. the subsidies are tailored towards monoculture. Mm-hmm. so basically if we can just put a subsidies better subsidies in for non-monoculture then we've won okay so boris if you're listening which i you know you're not because you're probably in a country <laughs> club somewhere yeah <laughs> right like basically stop it it's stupid uh so switch the systems buddy yeah okay that's enough <laughs> Well, you... ejected from the from the call then. Okay. <laughs> can you can you expand a little bit more like about being a company that 
um, is so committed to its values and its ability. Like I, I really respect the fact that you're really in integrity with your work. You know, you just shared, you know, two things that I think really make you stand out, which is, you know, offered money to work on, you know, let's say pesticides and standing by your values and be like, absolutely not, even if, you know, we could benefit from that income. And the second was, you know, what I understand uh, avoiding and not working with businesses that are potentially wanting to greenwash. Uh, could you share like the challenges that come with that? Yeah, well, there's like serious challenges, right? Mm. So in, Go in Gone West, just a little bit aside from those two points, in Gone West is predominantly in the office, it's all girls, right? Mm -hmm. So there's like one other guy, Jack. And then apart from that, it's like all girls. And it, oh, well, there's a few of us. Sorry, guys, I'm not to forget you. But basically, <laughs> it is, is um, you know, it's like female ran and powered, yeah? Mm. So often, okay, I'm getting a lesson in feminist rights, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I am hugely passionate about that, yeah? But this, it's like you still, there's things that you don't know, okay? So... Marika, I can say her name. She's like the chief of operations. She's the chief operation officer. So she's like number two in the company. She is my boss, right? Mm. And basically she said to me, James, you cannot know, okay? Because you've never been a woman. So you don't know what it's like. Okay? Now I'm like, yeah, feminism, support the girls, go power. You know, she's like, look, James, you just don't know. Okay, so it's like these kind of ways. It's like standing by your values is the hardest thing, but in the end, it gives you the most freedom. Yeah. And to me, this is another thing that Ted, my first ever foreman, told me. We only have one chance in life to be honest with each other. Mm. okay so the most important thing to me is that i'm honest with other people okay and and in the end it's also being honest with yourself right yeah so basically i will not sacrifice that because i cannot i only can speak from the heart yeah because if you do not speak honestly it comes back to get you I think. Yeah. Okay. So basically, it's like, hmm, I don't know. It's very interesting. It's like this, another thing. It's like, okay, when you have nothing, okay, nobody's there to help you. Yeah. But when you have things, people want to help you mm. because obviously there's some, mo might be some motivation behind that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just about understanding if the people's motivation, is values based or if it's for some ulterior motive that you don't know what it is right so <clears throat> so i think the values is everything right yeah because it's a reflection okay and also like i just wouldn't put the workers at risk okay because i've been i've i've worked with chemicals me myself yeah okay yeah. And I've been exposed to them. So if there's anything wrong with them, I'm screwed, right? Okay. 
So basically, I do not want to uh, put anyone else at that risk. Yeah, that's really, um, that's really beautiful. So, so it's basically like, you know, like the values is everything because it, you, you cannot like accept something that you wouldn't, wouldn't want to yourself, you know. For me, it's like I only give the planters what I would be happy to do it myself you know yeah or I try sometimes ooh, borderline you know but it's like that's the intention right always so it's like never put someone else in a position that you wouldn't be comfortable in yourself yeah I think the the values piece can also be said you know like if for a company and also for like a person you know as soon as you get very clear on like what your values are and what you stand for, then it becomes much easier to also say no, right? I think we can fall into this trap of whether it's on a personal level, saying yes to everything or kind of people pleasing the same thing with like a company saying yes to all projects and then having too much on one's one's plate. But when you get very clear about, okay, this is what we stand for. We are immovable on this and you can say no. And then you, you create your community, right? Maybe like it becomes a, re a reflection of your values, the people that you attract. Um, and then it's just, it's just empowering, right? Because when you are in integrity, you also inspire other people to be in integrity. And I think that's, what's really cool and amazing about companies that are bold enough to take that stand uh, versus something like Victoria's Secret. I don't know if you're aware of that whole thing, but it's if you are 100% in, in integrity, or at least when there are challenges to that being transparent and honest, I think that's where you know true intimacy and trust is built. Trust is built through repeated exposure to being around someone or something or a company that is in integrity. And I think that's a currency in a way that we've lost for a large portion of, of society. And that's what we kind of need to regain if we want to move towards a more regenerative uh, lifestyle, both in our personal relationships with ourselves um, and, and each other, and also with the companies that we, we purchase from and and the money that we spend is a vote. And I, I always remind my, my siblings about this, you know, where you spend your money, you are voting. Um, you're saying this is okay and this is not okay. So it's really admirable to, to see, you know, Gone West, um, you know, really embodying uh, its values. And it's really inspiring to hear how much values is, is important to you. It's so difficult though, right, Nicole? Yeah. Because if you if you need the money, okay, yeah, this is what scares me, right? If you need the money, then you've got to let some things go, right? Mm -hmm. Because we somehow have fought a battle, and it's kind of okay now because it kind of pays to our advantage. Mm -hmm. Because, like you say, oh, gone west is great. We stick to our values, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It kind of works for us. But then there's other industries where it's just not possible mm. because people choose the price, right? Mm -hmm. And then the price is based on value. If you, the values guy and the non-values guy, the values guy is more expensive than the cheap non-values guy, right? Mm -hmm. So then that scares me, okay? And I don't have the answer to that properly. Yeah, yeah. I'm that does scare me, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the nature of the world that, that, that we live in. I think the world kind of 
uh, motivates and encourages encourages us to 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 be flexible on our on our values. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I feel just very fortunate, Nicole, because to be honest, like the values thing is a good sales thing as well for us. Mm. So it's so it's like I feel like every day I feel so thankful. I can't even believe it, really. And basically, it's like I that's why it's okay for us, you know. But I don't hold it against like a work someone who's just trying to make a living. Okay, yeah. and this to me, this to me is a little bit of a problem when people can say stick to your values. It's like, well, give me the money then, mate. Yeah, because I need money. So, but it also takes time, I believe. You know, like for example, Primal Gathering, we just started. Like this is the first year where we're like looking and let's say, for example, seeking sponsorship, right? And I think, I think it's worth it. I think it's worth committing to your values and picking. You know, I'd rather not have. Uh, a, a sponsor than have one that's like you know a McDonald's for example or like a Nestle you know because it, it just wouldn't it, it just wouldn't feel right okay sure they would it, it would support it would make it a lot easier to, to hold a gathering but it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't it wouldn't be worth it so to speak so I think the commitment to one's values internally and I think if you are committed to anything thick and through this is just again a personal belief eventually with time the, re the rewards will come but it's like a, it's like a tree right you plant a tree into the ground you need to take care of it and it takes time if you want it to go fast you know if you it's not it's not going to work you have to to go at the pace at, at, at the tree and you have to nurture it with the right you know the right temperature the right water you just have to give the right amount of presence and with time and with commitment and with devotion, I'm, I'm sure that things, um, the fruit will grow from the branches and be sweet to taste rather than sour, which is um, in Vipassana, Gwenka has this analogy about the neem tree. So if you plant, you know, uh, sour seeds into the ground, you'll get sour, sour fruit off the trees. But if you plant, you know, sweet um, seeds in the ground, eventually with time and patience, you'll, you'll, get the sweet fruit off the branches which is i i completely agree with that nicole i completely agree with that right and it's like insane okay like for me eight years eight years i've done this right mm -hmm. and let's say in the last three four years it's really started to change and get better okay mm. and at the start it was like people were saying to me you need to give this up mate <laughs> like this is not working out mate this is not working out mate you need to give this up and out and get a job yeah yeah because seriously mate this is like how even people say that I'm mentally ill you know like I, I it's just like and this is for anyone that's listening right you've got to believe in it yourself and yeah. fight and then it comes true and then it's important not to sort of tell anyone you don't understand how hard i worked you don't understand what it was like when i was on my own all mm -hmm. these things that's only for you yeah 
And basically, I, I agree with what you say, basically. I just wanted to add those last parts of it. And that's why we called it Gone West, right? You understand? Mm. Gone West is a term in Liverpool for something goes wrong. You've lost your mind. Like, where's Jimmy? Oh, he's gone west. So yeah. that's why we called it Gone West, right? And hey, anyone listening who said that I've gone west, have I really gone that west, guys? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like that, just don't believe, don't just carry on, guys. Smash it. Live your dreams, yeah? That's what I say. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, I think Steve Jobs said that, you know, like it's you create, you know, people might think you're crazy, but it's the crazy ones who make a really big, big change. You have to be crazy enough to, to believe in it. And even when everyone around you, especially I think parents, I think parents get very concerned um, in, in these kind of uh, contexts or, or, you know, your kid is doing a startup and working with trees, you know, oh gosh, you know, how, yeah. how, how is that going to, you know, pay for a house one day and pay for like a family one day, like, oh, go get like a real job. Right. But I think, um, I think you're right. It's like, you have to fight for what you believe in and only your intuition, your, your sense of self really knows, you know, this is right. And it feels right. And whatever happens, whatever storms come in the way, I'm going to, I'm going to fight for this. Right. So, yeah, I'm really grateful that you continued fighting and creating what you've created because it's, it's really beautiful. And there are like so many, you know, questions that I had around, you know, your ability to, to support, I think your acorns and oaks project with like the unemployment, right. That you've managed to also create like a system to support unemployment issues, which I think is phenomenal. Thanks. Yeah. That's like a big thing to me. That one, <clears throat> that one to me, everything. Okay. If you have someone, if you have a job planting trees, yeah. If you're unemployed, right. And you're in the job center, there's two jobs. Okay. One of those planting trees. The other one is let's say drilling oil. Okay. Then and they pay the same, right? Mm. Then the chances are that the people will take the job planting trees. Mm. However, if the job drilling the oil pays double the amount that plants the trees, then it's, due, it's on the border, right? So basically, I'm very, very conscious, very, very passionate about basically giving people jobs, doing good things mm. in the world. So, and that's what that is, you know, and I was so lucky that I got the chance to work as a tree planter, like I said before, and basically, I think that if more people got, well, at the moment, we're working with the UK government as part mm. of the Kickstart scheme, Amazing. which is a scheme to give young people jobs, wow. um, yeah, because the, the unemployment rate's catastrophic now, yeah. Yeah. as you probably know yeah. so basically we're working with the uk government and it's so good like we've got like i think we've got like 10 kickstart guys now and we've already hired two of them full time wow and it's just like unbelievable and in particularly like the people that have got no job have got serious qualifications 
Mm. They've got university degrees in environmentalism. They've got all these credentials, such talented people, but there's just no work for them. You know? So yeah. I'm massively passionate about that. That's probably the core, okay? The rest of it, all the stuff that we do around it, around everything, is because of that. Mm. <clears throat> because you can just see it clearly, okay? If you ask like any of our planters, every single one of them has a story. And you, there's so many stories, right? And this can improve their lives. Yeah. And at the same time, help the planet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there can't be anything wrong with that, surely. Like anyone who's got money listening, give us some money. <laughs> give us the money. Come on. Like, you know, it's like that. Give me the money. Like, just let's just do it. Come on. What's wrong? What's going on here? But thanks to the government for supporting us with the kickstart scheme. It's a big, big help, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. I think like the, the impact on so many levels, right? You have like the employment impact and the environmental impact, the social impact, inspirational impact. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's quite something that, that you've, you've created. So yeah. So just to be clear, just to be clear, Nicole, I didn't create it, right? It's so many people have helped to create this. Mm. Hundreds of people. Like you've helped to create this, right? By talking to me today, you know, you know, you've given me ideas. And it's like, with the input of so many people, you can do good. Mm. And you can make things better, but you have to listen. And this is the hard. And this was definitely, and it still is hard for me sometimes. Mm. You know, like you've just got to listen. And then with that, it comes better, I think. But what do I know, Nicole? What do I know? <laughs> you know? Mm. So that's really, that's really what I have to say. The final thing on that is like this, okay? If, yeah, I want Gone West to live forever, way past my existence, okay? I want it to live for, for hundreds, thousands of years mm. as a vehicle for change across this world and a way to make a living on a living planet. It's yeah. not a charity. It's not like, let's all go and sit in a tree house and protect the trees. No offense, guys. No offense. Mm -hmm. I love you. But basically, <laughs> it's a thing where we create jobs doing good things. And uh, that's the end of that. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much, James. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to speak with me. It's been really inspirational. And I, I love absolutely. really. Are you sure? Are you yeah, sure? Yeah, absolutely. I think what makes I think what makes it incredibly inspirational is not only the work, but I think it's just your you're just so honest and you're speaking so uh, candidly, like from 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 your heart. Like I feel it. I don't feel that like there's any masquerading in in the slightest, and that kind of authenticity that 
genuineness to you as as a leader and also the things of course that you've inspired and catalyzed into the creation within obviously a remarkable team i think in combination makes you know speaking to you in, in general just incredibly incredibly inspiring and i i i would wish for more people in in the world to be moved from such a core place of service and service for you know a greater humanity and world and 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 environmental landscape and i think you know what you said two birds with one stone you know you're helping helping people make a living whilst also doing something beneficial and, and, and caring for for the planet and that's that's inspirational even without having the conversation well thanks nicole can i ask the guys who are listening one more three more questions very fast yeah of course okay so this is how i used to sell the trees on the on the market store right okay so i would i will do it to you nicole and everyone else can listen okay sound okay good yeah okay number one nicole do you love the planet yes that was easy okay <laughs> number two do you love the people yes that was also easy wow you're a really nice person nicole then okay the third one is this what do you think it's worth everything and there we go that's the end of the podcast surely mm, mm. yeah thank you so much it's Jane. worth everything it's mm. worth everything guys think about it it's worth your grandchildren your great grandchildren it's worth everything yeah thank you so much thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast today if you resonate with what we're creating come get your hands dirty with us at primal gathering this november and plant a thousand trees and if you can't make it I'd also deeply appreciate to hear your thoughts via a review or a rating on iTunes. There are many interesting and cool ways to get involved with the project as it expands. So follow us on all the social networky things at Primal Gathering and have a beautiful rest of your day.